You're listening to the Horror Game and Friends Podcast. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to the Horror Cave and Friends podcast. I'm your host, Chad. Unfortunately, today, Jesse wasn't able to join us on this episode, but that is okay because he is with us in spirit. But today, guys, we have a huge episode for you, okay? Now, this is our Valentine's Day special. This is just a thank you from myself and my co-host with the most, Jesse, to each and every single one of you guys, all of our listeners out there, all of our supporters. This is for all of you. And another thing that I want you guys to know, this isn't possible without you guys. So thank you guys so much for giving us the opportunity to make stuff like this happen so that we can bring this content to you guys. So thank each and every single one of you guys so much. We love you guys. So enjoy the Valentine's Day special interview with Harry Warden himself from My Bloody Valentine 2009, Richard John Walters. All right, folks, we are back. We have a very, very special guest for you, our third ever Special guest here on the Horror Came and Friends podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You may know him from movies such as Van Housing, The Island, Pro Wrestlers vs. Zombies, and of course, Harry Warden himself in My Bloody Valentine 2009. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Richard Walters. Thank you so much for coming on with us today. We appreciate you so much taking the time out of your day to be on here with us. And we cannot wait to ask you some questions and get into it. Yeah, right on, man. Like I say, like uh, a bit tardy. You're totally fine. No worries. I'm I'm very glad to be here. Thanks. So uh, kicking things off, we always ask um, our special guests, uh, what got you into, you know, the movie business, like film acting? Was there something that inspired you or did it kind of come on like, you know, later on? Like maybe you wanted to be like a football player or something and then it just kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah. So here's what happened. Um, I went to West Virginia University. Mm-hmm. Speaking of football, and I played football there. Okay. And uh, it was so long ago that on Showtime, we were in the dorms, and they were showing the movie Apocalypse Now. Oh, okay. And uh, the the brothers, they mm-hmm. were saying, uh, he looks like Marlon Brando. Like, Damn, man. <laughs> Kurtz. Kurtz. He looks like Kurtz. You know what I mean? And uh, mm-hmm. and then there were a couple of film students that like, said, hey, man, you look like Marlon Brando. Whatever. So, like. I was into the movie. I, I saw the movie in high school and like, I thought it was so cool that people thought I looked like Brando at all. Like, mm-hmm. and then, um, there was a, there was a, there was a, they were going to do a revival of, uh, on the waterfront, I think on Broadway. And I, I thought about going, but I didn't, I was like 18 years old. But, mm-hmm. So it never really, I've never, I never, I, I, I put down the whole idea, but then I went to law school mm-hmm. like three years later and I was so afraid to talk in class that I sat in the back. So I had super problems, super problems in my confidence. And, uh, you know, when I was younger, people actually made fun of me in the way I talked sometimes. Boo, boo, boo. I had this one guy I hung out with, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to trash him, but his name was John McCarthy. And uh, Johnny told so many lies that we, we would say to each other, ah, don't Johnny me. You know, I mean, we were talking about lying to each other. I don't Johnny. Me. Well, Johnny McCarthy said, boom, 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 boom. he would like make fun of me in the way I talked, whatever. We always like busting each other's balls, whatever. But I was very conscious about presentations in public and talking in front of people. And you're mm-hmm. a lawyer. You got to get your shit together, man, and talk. Right. So, uh, yeah. So that that's uh, so I started after law school in like, oh, my God. I, uh, I quit boozing, got into therapy, and then I. 
when I got came up, like when I quit drinking, I started mm-hmm. acting. I started going to AA and NA, but then okay. I started acting also. Mm-hmm. So that was like a real change for me. That's um, awesome. In uh, '92 or whatever, doing local community theater in Pittsburgh or whatnot. That's mm-hmm. how I just you know, really got into it. That is so cool. And then did you ever think that, you know, like that you were just going to keep doing theater shows and then, you know, every here and there do an audition for maybe a movie or a TV show that came up. And then, you know, next thing you know, it you're Harry Warden in My Bloody Valentine, which is pretty crazy. Yeah, man. So <laughs> like the whole trip for me was, uh, oh, God, you know, uh, I had my ups and downs in my uh, legal career and I had a breakdown in, uh, you know, 97. And uh, so I lost my license to practice law. So that's that's really why I came out to LA, you know, mm-hmm. and I, uh, I, you know, I, I got on 24, you know, and went to a lot of auditions, but I never really did anything. And really, I mean, honestly, you know, honestly, really going out to LA and winning a really big audition, you know, I, in the five years that I tried to be there, I really mm-hmm. hadn't done it at all. And then like, what happened was they were filming a, uh, my bloody Valentine 3d in Pittsburgh. And I auditioned for it. And Patrick Lussier, the director, which is really cool, mm-hmm. was there for the audition. And it was like they call it an under five role in SAG. Under five meaning five lines. And um, oh. yeah, yeah. And okay. one of the cool things in, is SAG is like they make you, well, they make production companies have local hires uh, from Pittsburgh, like, and they get around this by having people that fly in from LA or New York or whatever, the mm-hmm. bigger actors, but they chose me as a local hire, like as their affirmative action for hiring local people. Yeah. I was an affirmative action person. And, um, so it was really cool to get that under five role that just like, that's as big as an under five role as you can max. Absolutely. I, I really maxed out on the under five role, man. That's Absolutely. the only way to describe it. Totally I- lucky. Mm-hmm. And it totally makes sense too, because like the killer, I mean, obviously it was like the remake because the original came out in 1981. And then for, for the new movie, like when you made it in 2009, did you watch the original like at all? Or like to kind of like, you know, see a little bit what it's about, obviously like a minor, but like, you know, like just to be like, okay, you know, yeah, yeah, you know like, honestly, if I was ever going to do any acting at all, I'd mm-hmm. always want to approach it fresh and not, um, mm-hmm. uh, copy what somebody else did so uh but i knew like i had watched my bloody valentine a long time ago it had come out in 1983 i was a senior in college in 1983 and Mm -hmm. uh you know i knew the whole sort of canadian accents in the film and whatnot and and so it's 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 such a classic uh it just got its own i I think it's so so cool man it's like Mm -hmm. my bloody valentine has its own cool band you know what I mean? For a horror right. franchise to have like its own band, I think is like cool. And then, I don't know. I took, it, it was just cool that it had a mystique for me. So just going into it, just, uh, I was just honored really to get the job, honestly. Mm-hmm. And that is yeah. pretty cool because like when they brought it back and then, like you said, under like a five uh, word role, but it yeah. makes total yeah. five sense. Five lines. It's five yeah, lines. Five lines. Yeah. It makes yeah. total sense because, like, the killer and, like, a character like that doesn't really have to say anything. His presence is, like, known. His presence, you know, essentially says all of it, which right. is really cool. So, how was it, like, wearing, like, the suit for Harry? Like, just being in the whole right. get up so, and everything. So here, here's the thing, like, people should yeah. know about mm-hmm. this movie. And you might not know this. Okay. Mm-hmm. And this is why they did this. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I want to be totally honest about it. Yeah. There's a great, um, uh, Christ, <laughs> that guy 
named Chris. God damn it. Collins. I want to call him Chris Collingsworth or something. God damn uh-huh. it. But anyways, there's a stunt guy there. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just tragic because he died a couple years ago oh, in a very goodness. wicked accent on, on a Malibu in front of like this place. I remember it, man. And I think mm-hmm. he just wiped out on a bike and it was really sad. So I always like, you know, uh, keep my keep keep my heart out for Chris, and I, I never talk any smack on him because he was the guy. And he he was really, if you were watching a film, yeah. Anytime you saw that killer coming, that was Chris. That was really Chris. Mm-hmm. When I take my mask off at the end, like all right, I put I put it on, yeah. and then it explodes. That's kind of where I, the trip ends for me. Now they mm-hmm. there were some extra scenes that didn't make it in the movie, like. There was this one scene we filmed the war crime climbing out of the mine. Like they never put that in for whatever reason. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But um, but that's really you know. And then there was a there was a hospital scene. I guess that the you know where I, but a lot of footage they didn't use. And so it, to be honest, and and for the memory of Chris, God bless his God rest his soul. I I want to be honest with that whole mm-hmm. thing. You know what I mean. Yeah, that's cool. But still, like you know, you guys are essentially that character together, which is really cool. You know, even though it's right, just right, the same right. thing. Yeah, I was with Chris mm-hmm. a lot on yeah. the set, and that's why I would that's never so cool. be Smurch's memory. But mm-hmm. yeah, like we were together in the mines, and um, the whole feel of—I uh, mean, that was a real mine. Um, oh God, damn myself! I'm, see, the problem when you get old, when you start getting high a little bit, is you uh, <laughs> get everything. God damn it, Catani, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. is the name of the uh, town. Or, or just outside of it, and so that's like real coal mining area. I mean, it, that was that, that was very very authentic, you know, mm-hmm. um, that part of it. So that the whole field, yeah, the miner being around the miners, it, it, and uh, yeah, it had, it had a real like gritty feel to it. it was real, it was authentic, you know. That is so cool. That is so yeah. cool. No, I gotta ask. So, like, where did you guys film it at? Like. It, like in the mine scenes and everything like that was that just like a, a set that was built in like a studio or was that like actually no, no, on location that, those though that was a mine it, oh, you know wow. that that was a mine that was mm-hmm. in we were inside a mine we oh, did wow. those inside a mine like that's cool. what in this mine you know to be honest was like mm-hmm. a, a mine that you tour as part you know it's like for tourists you know they have coal mines in western right. pennsylvania because it's mm-hmm. so beautiful there go visit your local coal mine <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that is like that is a was a local tourist attraction in Catani. So that's a real mm-hmm. mind. And railroad, you know, the railroad cars and the railing and the lights and uh, yeah, that was the whole trip, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like, okay, well, let me think about this. So we were down in the strip district in Pittsburgh, and there was a sound stage. So we did some work there, like I say, just crawling out of the miners. Like there was one thing where we, I remember going up on a ladder, mm-hmm. but, um, and then, um, so some of the main characters probably did some work at some other locations. I'm not sure, but most of that was done a lot, you know, a great deal of that was done in the mine or like, I think, um, the blonde running naked was done at a local place too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that, that that was a real Western Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania feel to that film mm-hmm. for sure. So a lot of like on set like locations, not necessarily like prefabs of stuff that was built or anything. It was like actually in like yeah, the of Pittsburgh, that like- was all real. Yeah, that's that's a fucking real mine, man, for <laughs> sure. I can 
can I can guarantee you, no no bullshit, because I'm mm -hmm. fucking from Pennsylvania, and I know what That's coal cool. mines look like. <laughs> that is really cool. And how I can only imagine, was it like super cold in like the coal mines? Like when you guys were filming on set, was it like freezing or not not too bad? Well, in a mine, like it can be really hot outside, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then when you go into a mine, it's cooler. Mm -hmm. Now, um, in a winter time, it might be, well, it's sort of like a base temperature. It's almost, mm -hmm. you know, it is a little cooler. You know, obviously it's going to be cooler in the summer. And then in right. the winter, it might be a little bit warmer. Maybe if you get some heating going inside of the yeah. mine. Now we were like, we, there was a summertime, and so it was kind of like cool, damp, some real dampness in there. And it was definitely dark, man. You know, and it was, it was uh, right. yeah, you know, it was, you know, I'd say, you know, you'd have to go back, uh, I'd say about 100 yards, 200 yards or more. Mm -hmm. uh, they were probably maybe 300 yards, you know, underground, or, or maybe, you know, I don't know. I, 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 now we're getting beyond my knowledge of oh. how far they went down in the mine for all the shots mm -hmm. but um i know that they that was a real mine and that they went far into that mine for right sure. and i'm assuming they had to have like a big crew you know everybody doing their duty you know each on the whole thing so all those people have to fit in that one mine to get certain shots and stuff like that but that was like yeah 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 so. it's, it, gets, it's, it gets a, it gets a little uh cramped or whatnot um i remember uh i don't know that this story <laughs> this hollywood story just mm -hmm. bopped into my mind. Uh, forgive me, but there no, was a movie, The Island. Mm -hmm. The movie, The Island, mm -hmm. and there, there's a director, the guy that directed The Island. Anyways, mm -hmm. and I just I'm just bringing up the story because it it reminds me of what you were saying in mm -hmm. the mind. Like everybody's tight. You got everybody got his duck a little bit. Then they got your you get your, your crew and everybody's got, you know, it's safety. You, you got, you not only have safety of the mind, you got safety right. working. You know, there's an extra right. layer of safety. Mm -hmm. But uh, in this, the island was, was on a set out in goddamn LA somewhere. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it was, a, it, for some reason, they had a small room, really tight fit. A lot mm -hmm. of guys going around with cameras or whatever. Yeah. The director set up the shot. I can't remember this name's directors. Who's the guys that the uh, who's the guy that did all the transformer? Uh, Michael Bay. Movie? Huh? Right. Uh, Michael Bay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk too much shit on Michael Bay. But I'm never going to work for him anyway. So, anyways, Michael Bay. He's got a reputation for, you know, he gets a little excited once in a while on a film set. You know. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's a director. He's got like he started in photography, man. You know, so so this director yeah. Michael Bay sets up this whole shot, and he leaves, and then the grips and something else. The assistant photographer came and changed oh. everything. Oh and no! We <laughs> were there for hours. I watched them set up this shot for like hours as an extra. You know? Yeah. And he just went off. Oh, 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 that's <laughs> my crazy. Uh -huh. So, anyways, in small areas and uh, tight confines, you know, you want to keep your patience and listen to the director for sure. Right. I would say 
Listen to the director and the safety people for sure. Because I know, especially with, yeah, like somebody with Michael Bay, I know he's known for like his big, crazy, explosive shots. So I can only imagine if somebody messes with one little thing and it like messes it all up, then he's probably, you know, I can only imagine. That's crazy. That, like, if the director sets the fucking camera, yeah. I wouldn't touch that fucking camera, especially if it's Michael fucking Bay. Exactly. Excuse my French. Sorry. Exactly. And then so like <laughs> I wouldn't touch that camera in a million years, brother. Mm. Hell no. I'm pretty sure yeah. like the, even then they could probably like lose their job or something, you know, messing with something that like substantial, it's, especially you know, in the film it, it's, it's such it's such bro love. I'm just trying to make it better, man. I'm just trying to make it better. Like, <laughs> yeah. they, they start hugging each they, they scream at each other for half an hour and then they're yeah. hugging each other. Oh man, I was just trying to make it better. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. Dramarama, man. That's crazy. Is there any other, like, stories that come to your mind, not necessarily on the island, but anything else that you've worked on um, that, you know, that you'd like to share with us? Oh. You know, um, yeah, Van Helsing popped into my mind just mm-hmm. because, um, uh, you know, like, when you, when you work as an extra, you know, you, you're so close. That was like, you're so close to the stars. You're breathing the same oxygen, but you're just not on their level. Mm-hmm. But it was so cool. Like Hugh Jackman was so cool. That's and awesome. then um, what they told me they did with me, um, if you remember that movie, Van Helsing, I know that I did this much. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what the like green screen is when you're wearing effing balls or whatever the hell is around yeah. your you're doing that. You're doing that. Well, they did something like that with me, but it was a little bit different. I was, I had no shirt on and I was like doing this, like sort of wrestling around or whatnot. And I, yeah. I think they used at least my movement or whatever as that, as part of the Frankenstein that's in that uh, film or whatever. Yeah. And, and then I actually wore the, um, the Frankenstein suit in uh, one of the shots. And that's how I got the credit because I guess, uh, <laughs> they accidentally recorded me or something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, yeah. So that was just, the, the, just like that popped into my mind because mm-hmm. the, with the complexity of the set and Hugh Jackman, you right. know, and, uh, and I pitched him a screenplay about whales and rugby and this pre-gognitive dream this player has about scoring a goal against the, all blacks and yeah, you know, it was so cool. And I gave him, the, I gave him the screenplay on the set, man. Like I was That's like, cool. my last day on the set my, was my chance to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, uh, he is him. <laughs> I go, I'm rich. <laughs> I go, do you like rugby? And he goes, I like And so I, I've been working on the screenplay for like 14 fucking years, man. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, it needed a huge rewrite. It was really rough. But anyways, I, I told him about it, and I was able to send it to his agent at Endeavor. It didn't go anywhere, but you know what? You know what? I, you know, if you're out there, man, keep on, uh, keep the hope alive. You know, if exactly. You gotta, yeah, man. If you got a project, just try to finish it, man. That, that's the big thing, man. I think it's like finishing a project. You know, it Absolutely. took me 14 years to finish the damn screenplay, but at least I wrote it, man. You know, Absolutely. got it done. 
you know, and I think especially nowadays, a lot of people think that, you know, it has to happen on the first time you try it, but you never know. It might happen tomorrow. It might happen the next day. And that's kind of how, like, because I have a co-host that's normally with me. He wasn't able to make it uh, today. But, like, you know, something that we always tell each other is, like, you know, it's going to be hard. We hope one day if this goes off somewhere, then, you know, that's great. But, you know, you just still want to work as hard as you are the same day that you started it, you know. You never want to end yeah. it. And that's right, the one yeah, thing. Just keep pushing. It's the that's journey, the man. The journey is it. Like that sounds so silly and cliche-ish, man. But, mm-hmm. but you learn from your mistakes. You exactly. learn. This is like a towel thing. That emptiness, that negative space. It's exactly. not the whole. It's a space. It's like you learn from that, man. That empty space, and that's where you. You know, that's that. That's the journey in your in your professional career. That like a boxer gets in fight. Exactly. You know, like a boxer gets seasoned by. You know, by having matches, man, and you're, you know, as a creative person, you get seasoned by completing creative projects, you know? Exactly. And I tell uh, my co-host Jesse that all the time. It's like, you know, you as you're going along, like your path, everybody's path is different. Some doors are going to yeah. open, some doors are going to close, but no matter what, you're still going to be continuing down the hallway, you know? And then you're yeah, just going to be figuring, right on, out, you know, figuring nice. out what you got to do to to get to where you want to be and whatever that takes. Yeah. Well, like I said, you know, if it takes a day, two days, you'll get there one way or another as long as you keep your mindset, you know, clear on that. Right that's on. the one thing you know that we're we're still trying to do and you know get when like whenever we get like a special guest on here like yourself and like we've had two others prior and everything like i said i was like you know it's not gonna happen all the time but when we can get it you know then we're gonna work hard for it that's that's all that matters you know well, yeah man just keep going for it yeah i'm, I'm like dude I, I like your work i like your chops man i think you got a great career ahead of you just keep I, on going i appreciate man. it i appreciate yeah, for that sure for sure and then I have to ask these questions uh, before we let you go because I, I don't want to take too much more of your time. So my, my like sure. I said, my co-host Jesse's normally here with me doing this. I, but... I hope it's not my fault. No, you, is no, it my you're fault? Totally you're, totally no you're totally fine. You're totally fine. Am I the one that I screw up? No, you're totally fine. should know that I'm the one that came late today. It's my fault. <laughs> you're totally Dirty. fine. You're All totally right. fine. He actually got called into work today, unfortunately. Ah, uh, but know. he's a huge fan of your work. Uh, in uh-huh. Bloody Valentine as much as I am. And his favorite, one of his favorite movies of all time is Mally Booty that you starred in. Oh and so, my God, I can't that, believe anybody sees that movie. That's crazy. That is one of his favorite movies of all time that he said he grew up <laughs> with. And so he just wanted to ask, um, have me ask you one of his questions, which was like, you know, do you remember like working with uh, Brian Hooks on that movie? How was your experience on that movie? I do. Here, man. I tell you, This is kind of a cool LA story. <laughs> that movie was all... Black people. I swear to God, I, I just <laughs> thought about this the other day. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I said I never got anything in LA, but that was one audition I went in and won. That's awesome. And I always remember those guys clapping for me when I came off the set. That was the only fucking film set I was on in LA that the brothers clapped for me. That uh, is so cool. When I came off the set, and I swear to God, I'll I'll, I'll help the. Is it Brian? Is Brian, uh, Brian Hooks. Brian Hooks, I'm sorry. God no, bless him. Everybody and that whole crew, man. I hope they're all mm-hmm. doing well and getting work and mm-hmm. make it, you know? Yeah. I, I'd do anything for those that crew and those guys. That I'd do so it all cool. over again. They're really it, good to me. Because that was the one thing that Jesse told me. He's like, you have, he's all like, I can't make it. But he's, like, I, he's like, I have to know. He's like, I have to know. He's like, I love that movie. And then he loved your character, Sergeant Atkins. So I was like, I'll ask him. I was like, I'll tell him. So <laughs> I thought I did it over the top, man. I don't know. Fuck it. But it's all right. If he likes it, that's cool. Yeah. Cause yeah, he, he was a huge good. fan of that. Cause he, when he saw, he's like, wait. Cause like when I told him, I was like, Hey, I was like, you know, I think I'll be able to get Mr. Walters on for the podcast. And he's like, wait, Sergeant Atkins question mark. And I was like, yeah, I was like that. That's him. from. <laughs> <laughs> 
He must be in the film, that guy. Yeah, he is. <laughs> he is. He's got good taste. <laughs> he does. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so before we let you go, uh, Mr. Walters, I just want to thank you again so much for your time today. I appreciate yeah, you man. taking time out of your day for this and everything. Um, we'll definitely stay in contact with you. You know, we appreciate you taking the time to do this with us. I mean, it's been you're, you're doing me a favor. You're you're keeping my name out there, and they're, <laughs> they're saying that there's a horror renewal going on or whatever. People are getting mm-hmm. into it more. So, I don't know. So it's all good, man. I thank you guys for uh, connecting with me. God mm-hmm. bless you, and I think you have a great future ahead, brother. Yeah, thank you so yeah, much. And then before sure. we let you go, um, is there any upcoming projects or uh, social medias or anything that you want to tell any of our listeners? Any upcoming appearances anywhere? Anything like that? Oh. I'm going to be at the Houston Horror Convention okay. on February 11th. Yeah. Okay. So All right. that's it. All right, you guys. So that is going to conclude our interview with the one and only Harry Warden himself, Mr. Richard John Walters. First off, thank you, Mr. Walters, once again for allowing us the opportunity to interview you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day for giving us that opportunity. And last but not least, I want to thank all all of the listeners out there, thank you guys so much for giving us all the support and love because without you guys, things like this are just not possible. So thank you guys so much for sticking by us. Thank you for being there for us. We love and appreciate each and every single one of you guys out there. And we hope to bring you more special guest interviews and more exciting, amazing content in the near future. So thank you guys so much. We hope you guys enjoy this Valentine's Day special and we will catch you guys on the next one. Bye-bye.